This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, be sure to hit subscribe at our brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, the brand new Odyssey app, all those different places. Hit the subscribe button. We would sincerely sincerely appreciate it. Now, quick reminder, we've got our live NBA draft show this Thursday starting 7 p.m. Eastern time. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked on NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked on NBA host John Corrales will be live in studio covering the NBA draft. It's Locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. You can get local expert analysis on every single pick. That's me. I'm going to be talking about the number two pick, the number 23 pick, and the number 24 pick, and any trades that take place during the evening. So follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So many different things to talk about today. And I want to start with something that's actually not directly related to the Rockets, but an interdivisional trade between the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the first like blockbuster trade of the offseason. So the Pelicans and Grizzlies agreeing to a trade. Memphis sending Jonas Valanciunas and picks number 17 and 51 of this year's draft to New Orleans for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and picks number 10 and 40 in this year's draft, as well as a protected 2022, I, I should say, first round pick from the Lakers that the Pelicans obviously got by way of the Anthony Davis trade. So first off, interdivisional trades are always interesting because, you know, these are these are divisional rivals, right? This is a team that you're going to have to deal with uh, a lot over the, you know, over the, the foreseeable future of your franchise. And so it's so interesting from Memphis's angle because there were points during their playoff run where I felt like Jonas Valanciunas was arguably the best player on the floor for them in some of those in some of those run in some of those games near the tail end of the season uh during the play-in tournament uh you know trying to really establish a foothold in this year's you know in this year's playoffs and then you know he, he played an integral part on that team right so it's kind of shocking that they would move on from Valanciunas but at the same time they must really have somebody in mind at number 10 that they really like and this kind of is is New Orleans, or not New Orleans, I should say. This is Memphis kind of continuing to accumulate assets. And then from the New Orleans standpoint, this is them kind of alleviating their mistakes in taking on the contracts of Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and being able to offload not just one of those guys, but both of those guys in the same deal is incredibly impressive. And it's, you know, it sucks for New Orleans that they're having to right their previous mistakes, um, but they should be able to you know, benefit from this as long as they can utilize their cap room further down the line. And the really interesting part, shout out to uh, David Wiener at Beamathug on Twitter for highlighting this. The really interesting part, and as it pertains to the Rockets here, 
is New Orleans putting a top 10 protection on that pick by way of L.A., that kind of sets a precedent for the Rockets and how they may or may not utilize some of their future draft capital from the Brooklyn Nets trade. Because we've been kind of sitting here, we've discussed, you know, what it would look like utilizing some of that draft capital, be it, you know, in in small portions here and there or, you know, packaging it all together and, you know, making some godfather type offer for an established star player, something along those lines, right? And this is actually not something that I've considered is the idea of putting protections on another team's pick that you own the rights to. So, right, using this as a precedent, the Rockets could easily utilize some of that draft capital via Brooklyn and trade it away, but put some protections on it to where they treat it as if they're putting protections on their very own picks. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic that could service the Rockets very, very well in the future. So I wanted to lead off with that bit of information because I do think it sets an interesting precedent for the Rockets moving forward. I do think it's interesting again because it's you know a couple of a couple of interdivisional rivals. Clearly, the Rockets are at the bottom of the pecking order in the Southwest Division right now with their ongoing rebuild and kind of where they're at as an organization. But it's always a good idea to keep an eye on the other teams in the division, kind of see what they've got going on. I think if I had to. If I had to rank like the future of each team in the division right now, or just, I guess, where each team is at right now, I think you've got Dallas clearly at the top of the pecking order. I think it goes Memphis next. Uh, I think at that point, it's kind of a toss-up between the Spurs and Pelicans, although I'd give the Pelicans a higher upside, higher future because of Zion and the other uh, you know, really promising young players that they have on their roster, Brandon Ingram. They still need to figure out what to do with Lonzo, all that stuff. Then Spurs, and then unfortunately, your Houston Rockets, and at least in my eyes, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think they're clearly at the bottom of the pecking order in the Southwest Division, but Hopefully that will all turn around here soon as we are just under three days away from the NBA draft where the fate of this Rockets franchise could be forever changed depending on who they draft at number two overall as well as what they do with picks 23 and 24, be it packaging those picks together, trading up in the draft, packaging and then trading back in the draft, trading them for future assets, an established player, whatever it may be. Uh, It's going to be a very fateful evening. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And I do want to talk about Evan Mobley, I want to kind of continue the discussion that we had on yesterday's show talking about the Rockets and their inability to schedule workouts with Mobley, with Cunningham, and with uh, Jalen Suggs. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com because, hey, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you want to endure some of the pointless questioning, like what you know brand specification is your car, all that? No, just go to rockauto.com. You can find all the parts that you need for your car or truck. Their website is super easy to navigate, and the best part is the prices are always reliably low. Why would you want to spend up to 30 50 or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts? Go check out rockauto.com, and when you're checking out, when you hit the little shopping cart icon and you check out be sure to write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and continuing on here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball let's continue this discussion it kind of started yesterday you know with 
the fact that the Rockets have been unable, kind of stonewalled by Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs, and haven't been able to bring in any of those guys for prospective workouts. Now, I will say, before diving into my point on this topic, uh, there was a, a lot of reports, nothing official, but that Jalen Green was in town Monday afternoon for a workout with the Houston Rockets. Uh, his, I believe, girlfriend posted a photo on her Instagram from what looked like the Post Oak Hotel. And then not only that, there were some reports of employees down at Toyota Center who saw Jalen Green there for a workout. Again, nothing concrete, but I will say, at putting donning my tinfoil cap, which I probably should have a tinfoil, cat pro- tinfoil hat, God, I can't talk, prop, floating around my desk somewhere now that we're on YouTube, but I don't. Um, I'll buy some foil and do that later. Anyways, donning the tinfoil cap, I will say that it does kind of line up with the fact that Jalen Green had to reschedule his Monday media availability session, which was supposed to take place at 12.15 Central Time, and did not. And they have yet to reschedule that. So part of me believes that it makes sense that he was in Houston doing a, you know, a conceivably a last minute workout for the Rockets, um, something along those lines, which is why he had to reschedule, which is why it matches up with people saying they saw him, all that stuff. But back to the main point, Evan Mobley, apparently, league sources have indicated there is a level of disinterest within within Evan Mobley's camp regarding the Houston Rockets as a destination, raising questions as to whether that potential marriage would be ideal for either side. Now, this coming out via uh, Sports Illustrated, their most recent mock draft iteration, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm not like I'm not disappointed in this news because hashtag Green Gang, but I'm disappointed from like Evan Mobley's perspective, and it's always tough when you hear right, oh Evan Mobley's camp said this right, and because it's okay, who in his camp is saying that right? Who is leaking this information? Is it actually directly from Evan himself? Is it, you know, the people surrounding him? Is it his agent? Like, who is sending this information out, right? Who does it benefit? Who does it make the most sense for? And honestly, I'm a little, like, torn by this because I... I, basically, here's where I come away, right? You look at Jalen Green and who Jalen believes he is the number one overall pick in this draft. He thinks he's the best player in this draft. That level of confidence, that determination, every time he does an interview, right? He thinks he's the best talent in this draft. So does Cade Cunningham. They're both very, very confident individuals. Evan Mobley is arguably might be a better talent than Jalen Green and was on a lot of people's boards, the consensus number two overall pick, or at least the number two overall talent in this draft. So if you're Evan Mobley, why wouldn't you want to take the Rockets up on a draft workout and prove and be like, hey, I am the number two overall pick. Like you guys are going to get this drastically wrong if you don't pick me at number two overall. Like what kind of mentality is that to just, I don't know, tuck your tail between your legs and be like, no, I don't. I don't want to work out with you guys anymore because you guys showed way too much interest in Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham and you guys didn't pay attention to me at all and now I'm not going to come work out for you and I'm just going to go enjoy Cleveland. Like, what is that? I, I mean, that that to me is kind of a defeatist mentality. I'm just going to go out and say it. Sure. You know, and and again, there maybe this is coming from 
you know, people that aren't directly Evan Mobley. He did have some kind words for the Rockets organization and, you know, the possibility of playing alongside a player like Christian Wood. But I did say in yesterday's episode, I wasn't blown away by, you know, the way that Evan Mobley handled himself in that interview at all. Like he just, you know, it was night and day difference going from listening to Evan Mobley's uh, media availability to Cade Cunningham's. Cade was cracking jokes. He was confident. He was having fun. He was, you know, thanking the media members, all, all this stuff. Evan was dodging questions about workouts, was soft-spoken, you know, very little energy. And, you know, it it, it sucks because I don't want to sit here and try to, uh, you know, identify character flaws or something with him because I don't think that that's the right way to go about doing it, right? The whole idea of, you know, oh, he's not emotional or outspoken means he's going to not be a, gener- a generational type player. No, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I will say it's still interesting, right? That that mentality is not like there. He wasn't he wasn't winning me over and the Rockets are one of the teams that are conceivably going to be trying to draft him, right? Like I didn't leave that interview won over by Evan Mobley. I left Cade Cunningham's interview thinking, wow, that guy's great. Like that guy is going to be the face of a franchise for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, and hopefully that's what it's going to feel like leaving, you know, Jalen Green's media availability. Unfortunately, it was postponed. And so we don't we still don't have a time yet on when that's going to be rescheduled. But as soon as I find out when it'll be rescheduled, I will jump to the Twitter streets and tell everybody when it's going to happen. But I guess my main thing is, again, you know, I'm kind of happy that all signs right now are pointing towards. Jalen Green for the Houston Rockets pick because again they haven't been able to get the workouts with anybody else and if this type of display of like attitude demeanor whatever you want to call it from Evan Mobley is what you might be expecting from him or what you might receive from him uh, as the you know as a player on your team then hey I'm all good with that give me Jalen Green who seemingly is you know very content with Houston at number two clearly he wants to be the number one overall pick but. Part of me thinks that, you know, if Jalen Green goes number two overall, he's going to have a fire lit under him for the rest of his career trying to prove that he should have been the number one overall pick. That rivalry between Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, if they get drafted respectively one and two overall, is going to be intense every time the Pistons and Rockets meet up. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch those guys go head to head for the better part of the next 10, 15 years. And hopefully it'll be as a member of the Houston Rockets for all of that time. Uh, for Jalen Green. But I do have one more piece that I want to talk about here. A little bit of reporting coming out. that, And this is kind of the first bit of free agency news for the Houston Rockets coming out that they might be interested in a former Boston Celtic. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that over at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. They've also got you covered for UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at BetOnline, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. And you can do that with promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Now, the rumor, former Boston Celtic, Daniel Tice being reported by Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com, a Cavs slash NBA reporter, says... 
Sources say keep an eye on Daniel Tice to Houston this offseason. That signing could help fill a front court void. Now, a lot of Evan Mobley, you know, a lot of the Mobley mob came into the mentions and said, you know what else could fill a front court void? Drafting Evan Mobley. So, haha, touche. But I will say Daniel Tice is an interesting name. And a lot of, you know, my, my first thought here was, okay, well, what does that mean for Kelly Olynyk? You know, is his time as a Houston Rocket done for? And I think if you're looking at the Kelly Olynyk situation, you know, he is a stretch five, big, can play the four, can play the five, can switch, can handle the rock a little bit, can pass. He does a lot of great things on the basketball court. The biggest question for him is what is his price point going to be? How many years is he looking to make on a contract? And I think if you're Olynyk, it would take a lot to stay in a situation like here, like it is here in Houston right now, a complete and utter rebuild from the ground up versus taking, say, the MLE, you know, to go play on a team that has championship aspirations or at least playoff aspirations and potentially being guaranteed like a starting role somewhere. He played out of his mind in the back half of the season with the Houston Rockets. And he absolutely, uh, you know, was having like a contract year. So it would not shock me to see a team kind of throw the bag at, at Kelly and him decide to leave the Rockets. But I do still think there's a possibility there, right? You know, he's 30 years old. Um, I would like to see Kelly stay a member of the organization, but it becomes that question of, okay, how many years, how much money are you willing to commit to a 30-year-old Kelly Olenek when you're still questioning even whether, you know, Christian Wood at 25 years old matches the rebuilding timeline of this organization, right? Everything is centered around timing and luck and money and years on contracts and all this different stuff. And you have to take all of that into consideration when you're looking at what you're trying to do for this organization moving forward and locking in long-term money to a 30-year-old Kelly Olenek, say, I don't know, a four-year, four-year, 60 million, 70 million, somewhere around there, you know, 15 to 17.5 million a year, somewhere in that, you know, range, give or take. You know, how comfortable are you locking in that amount of money to a guy when you still don't know what the true future of this organization holds? And even more so than that, Who's to say another team might not come along and offer that same amount of money to Kelly Olenek, a team in a much better situation than the current iteration Rockets are, right? So if you're looking at potentially losing Kelly Olenek, then why not take a look at Daniel Tice, right? A guy who you could probably get for a fraction of the years and a fraction of the cost of Kelly Olenek, who's going to give you not quite similar, I don't want to say similar production because Kelly Olenek was playing like freaking prime Larry Bird uh, to end that season for the Rockets. But Daniel Tice, he kind of bolsters your front court a little bit. He opens up some more minutes, you know, because you don't necessarily have to commit as many minutes to a Daniel Tice as you do a Kelly Olenek. Um, he opens up some more minutes for Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin to get some run at the four spot, which then kind of allows other players to slide further up in the rotation. Um, conceivably, if they don't move John Wall this offseason and they do draft Jalen Green, what's that starting lineup going to look like? It's probably going to be John Wall, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, and Christian Wood, right? Suddenly, you don't have this gigantic question mark of, okay, do you bench Jay Sean Tate? Do you bench Kelly Olynyk? Do you bench one of KPJ or Jalen Green? Because John Wall's not coming off the bench if he's still a Houston Rocket. So it kind of opens some things up with the rotation while, allow, while providing a little bit more front court depth behind one Christian Wood. So I'm not completely, like, I'm not, you know, 
this isn't uh, a, a rumor that has me like pumping my fist thinking, hell yeah, Daniel Tice to the Rockets. But I, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't hate it, right? They do need some front court depth. They do need a little bit more size in the front court. And if they decide to say, you know, draft, say a JT Thor, or maybe, you know, Garuba falls down to 23, 24, which is not going to happen. Uh, Kai Jones, maybe, I don't know, right? If they draft a big who's going to need some time, some work to get, you know, up to speed at the NBA level, it'd be nice to have Daniel Tice on the roster to kind of help bolster that front court alongside Christian Wood while they're getting whoever else, you know, up to speed. And that'd be a nice little trio, right? Draft pick, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice. I'd be totally content with that front court lineup, you know, of those guys kind of slotting in at the four or five spots for the Houston Rockets. So that's the little bit of a rumor there. Um, first bit of free agency news that we have concerning the Houston Rockets. Haven't seen anything else kind of slip up yet or any other leaks or reports about anything to do with the Rockets and any potential free agency interest or anything like that, because so much of the news has been focused and centered on the draft. Understandably so, as we again are less than three days away from the NBA draft, from what happens with this organization. Do they go Jalen Green number two overall? Do they manage to finesse a trade and move up to the number one overall pick? Which I will say, I do have one more piece to talk about here, and I meant to slot it into segment two. But Adrian Wojnarowski came out Monday afternoon and dropped a tweet that said, Detroit's internal meetings are still revolving around three players for the number one pick on Thursday night. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley, sources tell ESPN. Detroit isn't fully there yet on committing to Cunningham with their first overall choice. Now, it's very important to remember, and we've reiterated this point multiple times, myself, Bajani, others, on this very podcast, that around this time of year, everything that you hear from any of the big-name accounts, woes, shams, whatever – these guys are acting as mouthpieces for certain organizations. So when you hear that tweet, when you read that tweet, who does that tweet service? There's only one tweet that that, you know, that that tweet benefits, and it's Detroit. So the fact that Woj is out here saying that Detroit is undecided on who they're going to take with the number one overall pick, no. Detroit's trying to extract potential maximum value for any potential deal surrounding the number one overall pick, which is why they're trying to make it seem like they're still very much interested in Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. But I perfect, I, I firmly believe that Rafael Stone is in the primo spot right now with the Rockets because I think they're perfectly content with Jalen Green. If Jalen Green is there at number two, that's their guy. If the Pistons are bluffing and they're very interested in Jalen Green, then guess what? Detroit, go ahead and draft Jalen Green number one overall. The Rockets are going to be perfectly fine taking Cade Cunningham, even without a workout, at number two overall. Even though he doesn't make his bed, right? <laughs> the running joke. Um, the Rockets are fine with either of those two guys at number two. They're going to take whoever they feel is the best player, and I think those are the two guys on the top of the Rockets draft board. It's also why Evan Mobley got his feelings hurt. So... This does nothing but try to increase the value that Detroit is going to try and extract for the number one overall pick in a potential trade. And if anything, I think it's kind of skeezy that Detroit's doing that, right? Because Cade Cunningham feels like he's, you know, very committed to Detroit. It feels like he's ready to become a Detroit Piston. And yet the Pistons are constantly leaking this information like, oh, we still don't know Cade or Jalen because they're playing chicken with the Rockets. And Rafael Stone's calling their bluff, and he's like, all right, you really don't know who you're going to pick? Go for it. We'll just take whoever you don't want. We're not going to pay you. you know. And again, I think Rafael has a like maximum amount that he's willing to pay for one of those guys. 
And he's, you know, called Troy Weaver and said, hey, this is what I'm willing to part with. If you want to make the deal, we'll take the number one overall pick. No sweat. Cool. If not, no worries. We'll take whoever you don't take at number at number one. And that's kind of where the Rockets are at. That's the boat that they're in right now. And it's a really great spot to be in when you're debating between the logistics of Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green as the draft pick that you're going to walk away with in the 2021 NBA draft. So with that, that is going to wrap up today's episode. Quick reminder to check out our live NBA draft show. You've got Chad Ford, uh, Rafael Barlow, and John Corrales will be hosting this year a live in studio. It's Locked on NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on every single pick. Follow the Locked on NBA NBA draft on YouTube and watch our live coverage July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. But for today's episode, thank you as always for watching. Thank you for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.